Welcome to the Monday edition of Second City Sports Bread Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps up. Where is the Apple Store or the Google Play Store? Maybe you get your apps. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. Download the app today. You can watch our and we'll listen to our programs, uh, current shows, past shows, and uh, all the latest news from the sports world. So make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. So and speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, search for Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And YouTube, you want to listen to the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can by simply going to War on Anchor, which keeps you on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R-R on Anchor, and follow the guys at War Media at W-A-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. (laughs) (laughs) Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yes. And if you want to leave a comment on our show, doing our show today, on our thoughts and opinions and and the questions of the day, you can do so by searching for Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and on YouTube. Post your comments uh, live in the chat, and Lakina will get them on the air for you. That's our number one rule. Whether you agree with us or not, make sure your comments are respectful. If you hear the troll or be stupid, Lakina will give you the boot politely. Hey, everybody. (laughs) We haven't had that yet. Hopefully, we won't have to do that. uh, But we trust you guys. You guys have been great to us so far. So let's keep the conversation moving. Lakina, let's start off with some baseball. The White Sox are at a season high, 20 games above 500 with a 76 and 56 record. After taking two or three games from the cross-time rival Chicago Cubs, they defeated the Cubs on the side yesterday by the score of 13 to 1. They won the first game of 17 to 14 football style fashion before being shut out by the score of 7 nothing on Saturday. Yesterday's game. Lou Bob, a.k.a. La Pantera. Yes, it's Luis Robert for you scoring, for those of you scoring at home. <laughs> he knocked out two home runs yesterday. A.k.a. the next big hurt, a.k.a. the big baby, a.k.a. he's also known for, as as, as you kids would say, his government is Eloy Jimenez. He knocked out a two-run shot yesterday. And Jose becomes the first 100 RBI man in Major League Baseball. He tallied a couple of RBI yesterday during the blowout loss. Lakina, let's review the series starting up with Friday's game. Dallas Kygo, as we told you guys over the last month, month and a half, uh, he's not going to be a starting pitcher in this rotation come playoff time. His spot may be in question whether he gets on the playoff roster or not. We'll get into that more in detail in just a moment. But he gave us six runs in the first inning. The White Sox came back uh, scoring 13 unanswered runs, including uh, a third inning, which is a one not to forget. And before the Cubs start coming back, Lakina is, is reading it well known. Uh, this is the healthiest the Sox has been in terms of uh, offense up and down the lineup all season long. They showed that on Friday. It, it disappeared on Saturday, which we'll get to in just a moment. And, of course, it returned on Sunday. But Lakina, going back to Friday's game, uh, as a fan, uh, 
it, it was amazing. Uh, the Cubs, as we you we well know, they're struggling. Uh, they don't have a horse like they did to start the season. They traded everybody away. Their best pitcher was Kyle Hendricks, who was beat yesterday. But going back to Friday's game, uh, you could sense that Tony Russo thought that this team would come back. That's why he pulled Dallas Keigel in the middle of that second inning there. The offense woke up after they took advantage of some Cubs mistakes, i.e. McDuffie. And uh, it, it, it was on from there. And the White Sox offense, as we told you, has been hit and miss all year. They can hit with power with the best of them, but they cannot generate any runs with it when they don't have any power. But the power returned on Friday. Yasmani Grandal in his first game back belted out two home runs on the way to the fourteen to uh, seventeen to fourteen win on Friday night. Yeah, it's interesting because you know that Friday game was a little bit crazy because you know mm-hmm. Keiko gives us six runs and I think. You know, his spot, I think, in the rotation for the playoffs is in jeopardy, no doubt, because of the fact that you had that he hasn't had a good outing the last month and a half. You know, we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, as for, you know, the things that the Sox were able to come back from that and made an interesting game, you know, 17 13, I think that's a football score if you want to think about it. But, <laughs> and, but look, I mean, you know, the, the White Sox just didn't have it on Saturday. And, you know, on Sunday, you know, they were able to kind of jump jump on Kyle Hendricks pretty quick. And look, I think this is sort of one of those ebbs and flows. I mean, we told you guys on Friday that, you know, don't be surprised if the Cubs win one of these games. Now the Cubs could have won two, mm-hmm. you know, you could have lost two out of three, but you, you know what? You were able to come back from the Friday's game. Didn't have a, you know, just didn't have it on Saturday, which it ha- which happens. And also too, by Sunday, you know, like I said, like I said, you know, the, the bats, you know, jumped on Kyle Hendricks and it jumped on him pretty early and often. So for seven runs and, you know, Robert did it twice. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I think this whole thing, you know, with the with the with the White Sox, I think you know, just you know, congrats to Abreu who became the first, you know, like you said, the first major to reach 100 RBIs, and you know, just a you know, just a nice, this is sort of what you what you want if you're a Sox fan. You know, they had a tough start, you know, on Friday, they were able to come back and win it. That was probably one of the crazier games we've seen all season for both teams, and you know, like I think that this sort of one of those things where you know, through the season, you're gonna you're gonna see that. Okay, you know you're gonna have you know quick starts. You're gonna get jumped on early, and you know, unfortunately for the White Sox, so you can't really do that against on the, in the playoffs against the Yankees or the A's or teams like that. So you know, we'll again we'll we'll figure that we'll see that once you know, once they get to the playoffs. But you know, I think if you're the if you're the White Sox, I think you know what you did a good job. You win two out of three. You win the Crosstown Series five out of six. If you're the Cubs, look you you play with pride. You know, Alec Mills has his best outing in a while. Just you know, keeping the socks at you know those socks batters at bay, mm-hmm. and it jumped on Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn easily had his worst start of the season, so you know you just you just gotta you know, keep going with it. So, but you know, you're you're look, you're still in a tough spot. If you're the White Sox, regardless, so it's fine. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakeena with you as we review the Crosstown uh, series between the Cubs and the Sox that took place this past weekend on the south side. The White Sox take it two out of three. If you want to comment on this series, what you saw in this series, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook and YouTube pages. Post your comments right there, and Lakina will get them on the air for you. And stay tuned for our question for the day. You'll you'll love this question of the day for you White Sox fans that are listening and watching us out there. Lakina, let's review Saturday's game. Of course, you mentioned it. The Cubs shut out the Sox seven to nothing. I was there uh, in in the park. Lance Lynn, he didn't have it after the second inning. He left a bunch of pitches up in the middle of the play. Patrick Wynn, who had a birthday on Friday, who had two home runs on in Friday's house. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of home runs in Saturday's 
Saturdays when and Rafael Ortega had a big grand slam to kind of put that game away. Like, you know, I don't want to panic and I don't want to overstate this, but we talked about Lance Lance last start last Monday in Toronto. And uh, mm-hmm. people wanted to talk about he uh, made a big mistake to uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which turned out to tie the, that game. And, of course, Craig Kimmel's wild pitch led to the game-winning run for Toronto. But you just hope that Lance Lynn is going through a tough stretch. And mm-hmm. I just hope that he didn't carry that uh, bad feeling from when they started to uh, last Saturday start. You just hope that that's the ball. That's how I'm looking at it right now, just a bump and roll. He still leads the American League. Yeah, ERA with a 2.30 uh, earned run average. Uh, that, uh, I'll be honest with you, Lakina. Alec Mills, I know he has a no-hitter to his resume from a couple of years ago. I didn't think he had his great, great stuff, but congrats to him on the win. I just felt like the Chicago White Sox were pressing too much. And this is what happens when you build your all-around power. Hit and miss team, and this is what happened. I thought the White Sox were impatient. They were trying to force the issue. I know what they did. Uh, 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 the previous night, but it just wasn't meant to be on Saturday night. And I thought they were pressing and they, they put too much pressure on themselves to try to get back in the game. And Alec Mills uh, realized that and he had the perfect pitches to get the Sox hitters out. Yeah, I think he had clearly had his best outing, I think, since that no hitter. And he had a couple of good starts early in the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was, those, these are mostly like AAA Iowa guys you're facing right now for the Cubs. So, you know, look, they they put up the fight and, you know, they kind of, you know, Wizzo's kind of been sort of like the unsung hero of the the Cubs this year, especially after everybody got traded. We'll get to some former Cubs that are not not doing too well in their, you know, their new teams <laughs> in a second. Again, yeah, again, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, I think if you're a Cubs fan, I think you want you want those building blocks to kind of build up for, you know, if you, I'm sure you're going to have their struggles next year and. You know, we'll see what happens after that. But, you know, you've got wisdom, you got Ortega, you got some, you got some guys you can build upon. And, you know, who knows if we get, if they do start signing people again, we don't know what the Ricketts family is thinking at this point, but it's just, you know, going to be very interesting to see what direction the Cubs decide to go in the off season. But again, you know what they're going to, I don't think it's easy to say, oh, it's going to be easy win. I mean, the Cubs, they showed that, look, you throw the records out the window when these two teams play because they're always going to be a fight. And we saw that fight on Friday. The Cubs, you know, dominated, you know, on Saturday. And, you know, of course, you know, things kind of went back to normal. But, look, I think if you're the if you're a Cubs fan, I know it's not looking good right now, but you should be encouraged. And, of course, yesterday's game, uh, the 13-1 win for the White Sox. Lost in all this was Dylan Cece pitched a, a masterful game through six-plus innings and struck out 11 batters. Of course, the offenses we mentioned woke up. Uh, Luis Robert with two home runs. Eloy belted out a home run. Yasmani Grandal belted out another home run again. A yes bomb. And Jose Abreu becomes the baseball's first 100 RBI man. Lakina, um, we take advantage of Cal Hendricks, who's clearly the best pitcher on the Cubs team. We take advantage of a pitcher's mistakes. This is what happens. And uh, through this series, as as we look at it, if you observe it correctly, this is the potential that the White Sox. Well, going into the playoffs, as we said before, we'll keep it again. You're not going to score eight, nine runs of ball game come playoff time because you're going to face uh, the, the two best pitchers from the other teams. Okay, the, the the question is, can you take advantage of the other team's mistakes? Can you get timely hitting? And because I I believe that the White Sox will get great starting pitching. Now that bullpen is still a question, and we'll get mm-hmm. dive into that a little bit in a minute. But this offense has the potential to make hay in the playoffs. 
Don't expect eight and nine runs of ball because that that that's not how uh, postseason runs work uh, during the playoffs. But the White Sox uh, can potentially be dangerous come playoff time uh, if they if they if that offense can match, which we hope can be great starting pitching. Yeah, and I think that's what you want. And hopefully, you know what? Hopefully, we can get sort of like you got a good pitch. You got Lynn. You got the. You got to think Lynn's going to be number one. Maybe mm, I don't know. Maybe Rodon's number two. Maybe Julio's three. I I don't know. But you know, you've got a good show me there. And I think Keiko might find himself out of the playoff roster if he doesn't get mm-hmm. together these next couple of starts. So. You know, it's sort of like, okay, you can, can afford to have those games that they had on, on Saturday and then just, you know, burn that tape of that game and just move on. And and look, I think if you're if you're the White Sox, I think you're in a if you're totally loose this is your first rodeo doing this, so you're in a good mm-hmm. spot and you just gotta wait and see. I mean, just hopefully, you know, you can kind of get it together. But if not, I mean you've got other guys in the back end that can help out and eat innings. That's what you want in the playoffs. So again, we'll just have to wait and see. You're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sitting Lakina here with you. What's your thoughts about the Crosstown series? What, were you impressed by the White Sox? And um, what were your thoughts if you're a Cubs fan? What were your thoughts about the series overall? You can post your comments on our comments page, on our Facebook page, and right here on YouTube. Just, just search for Sports Zone Chicago. Post your comments up. Lakina will get on the air for you. Now, question of the day for you White Sox fans listening and watching out there. As we mentioned during the last several weeks on this show, Bikina just brought it up a moment ago. Lance Lynn will be a game one starter. Carlos Rodon, who's going to pitch uh, this Wednesday against the Pirates in a two-game series, he's your number two starter as of right now. Who's your number three starter? Is it a given that's, that is Lucas Giolito? Or after his outing yesterday, will it be Dylan Cease? That's the question I'm throwing out to you, uh, to you guys out, out there in our viewing and listening audience. Who should the Sox number three starter be uh, once the playoffs start right now? Lucas Giolito or Dylan Cease? You can post your answers on our comments page, on our Facebook at Sports Zone Chicago, and on our YouTube page at Sports Zone Chicago. Who, who should it be for the number three starter for the Chicago White Sox? Lucas Giolito or Dylan Cease? I'll start with you first. Oh gosh. Uh, like I said, I, I think maybe Giolito because I think he kind of has, he got a little taste of it last year in the playoffs. So, you know, he wasn't very good for the, when he, you know, starting against the A's, but I think he probably, I think he's earning their shot for it. I think, I know Keichel, you know, like I said, Keichel has been having his issues. So you hope he can get it together. But I, I just think at this point, if you ask me and it's August 30th, 2021, I think. I really firmly believe that I, I think Giolito, I think Giolito should be the number three guy. But, you know, again, this could change. Ask me again in, like three, in two or three weeks, you know. So it's just <laughs> like, we'll have to wait and see. What about you? I will go with Dylan Cease. Here's why, because he has the best stuff on the staff. As you mentioned, Lakin, going back to a couple of starters, he didn't have his greatest against Oakland in, in that series finale a couple of weeks ago on the south side, but he did enough to keep his team in the ball game. But his last starts, double-digit strikeouts against Toronto, and then what he did against the Cubs yesterday. Dylan Cease has centered around. He's finally got it, gotten it together. He's actually been consistent around the plate, and totally Russo could trust him to maybe go uh, close to 100 pitches. He did that a, a couple of times with them early in the year. 
But Dylan Cease has finally stepped up. I believe he has 11 wins on the season. He perhaps get to maybe 13, 14, maybe even 15 wins before the season concludes. But right now, I'm going with Dylan Cease. He has the best stuff perhaps on the on the staff. He's been in control of the two out of the last three starts, and he's been consistent. So I'm going with Dylan Cease as of today. My only worry about Cease is that he could he have one of those starts where he gets like seven or eight runs, and then the Sox are in the hole and they're not able to get out of it. That's my only concern with Cease. And that sure. probably wouldn't put him. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's it's okay. I mean, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we look, we still got a lot to do left in the season, so you know th- this could all change. This you know this could all all interta- interchangeable, I should say. So we'll see what they can. You know, we'll see what they can do. We'll see maybe if they can either Gilito or Cease or maybe Keiko can recover and they can play their way into the playoff rotation. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and let's go to that bullpen. The white size out on Liam Hendricks pitched yesterday and looked good. Craig Kimbrough did not look good on Friday. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the reasons why the Cubs got back in the game. Ryan Tapera pitched yesterday. He looked good. He, ever since his first couple of outings in the Sox uniform, he's turned it around. Jose Ruiz actually looked good yesterday. Lakina, as I said before, <laughs> I'll say it again. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait until Friday's show, but uh, talk to me. Uh, ask me again, who should the closer be for the Chicago White Sox? Will it be Craig Kimball or will it be Liam Hendricks? I know uh, Hendricks currently leads the American League in saves, but Lakina, as of right now, as I heard a few people throw out this possibility. I want to get your opinion on this, and uh, along with our viewers and listeners, should it be situational as far as who closes for that day, or should Totally, Larusa go with one guy because time is running out here. Because when we next talk to you guys, which will be Friday, we'll already be into early September, and whoever whoever rose that need to be filled out, that needs to be filled out quickly because you don't have that much time left. A month can go by just like that. By the time I, we get to October third, the regular season is always time to gear for the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see what what happens there about the bullpen. Like I said, the bullpens had their issues. Look, I mean, Tapera's been really solid, and, you know, Bummer's been sort of, mm, so I don't know what to, to think. I don't know if you want to have, do you really want Bummer in your playoff roster? I, I know I know LaRusso wants to stick with him, but it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how he does in the rest of the, uh, when he actually has to kind of keep Lees or preserve Lees, I should say, for the bullpen. I know Kimbrough, Kimbrough's got the playoff experience, so you got to think he's going to be mm-hmm. the closer for right now. But, you know, I'm sure Michael Copa is going to uh, make a play a, a case for it too. So again, it's mm-hmm. all these are sort of like the good news is they're all interchangeable parts. So you know, <laughs> ask me this question again in about another two weeks. You're about we got about five or six weeks left, like five weeks left in the season. So we'll just have to wait and see what what happens. But uh, yeah, it's going to be like I said. Ask me this question again. My answer might change. Speaking of Colbert, he looked good yesterday. Gary Crochet looked good in his last few outings. So could Gary Crochet be that backup eighth inning guy, eighth inning guy, or could he be the front runner for the eighth inning guy? Who knows? But uh, he's looked good in his last couple starts. And we said about Michael Colbert, he has looked good during the month of August, and he, he looked good yesterday. And so hopefully that he could continue to be consistent. And the only thing about that bullpen is consistency, Lakina. Let's just hope that in the case of uh, Craig Kimbrough, uh, that, that is fatigued and he, he's trying to get used to his new role. And hopefully he can turn around here as we approach the month of September. 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff we're, we're going up against the, the break. But uh, what impressed you the most this weekend in MLB? Uh, like you said, I know we're going against that debacle. Yeah, we're about to continue this on the other side. The New York Mets. <laughs> I know they took care of business against the Washington Nationals, but unfortunately, if you're a Mets fan, that's not the big story. Uh, Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor, who's been struggling all year. Of, of course, the Mets acquired Mr. Lindor from the Cleveland Indians to be Guardians as of next year during this past offseason. Lindor has been hearing it from the fans all year long. I know he's been injured and whatnot. And Javier Baez, same thing, uh, he made a big boom in the Mets uniform. He's been hurt. He's been back for the last few games. Uh, Javi Baez yesterday did the thumbs down uh, after the fans, uh, Mets fans booed him. And he was trying to say that it was an inside joke thing, him and Lindor uh, trying to cover it up. And after the game, Javi Baez had one of his kids up at the podium saying the same thing. And, of course, uh, Mets ownership <laughs> tried to cover up by saying that we backed the fans and uh, this was uh, ill-advised behavior by the players. It's just a big old mess. Lakina, we talked about this before. Uh, so the health of Jacob DeGrom, they starting pitcher, so goes the Mets. And look what's happened over the last month or so. They're still about five games out of 500. They still, for the grace of you-know-what, they're still in the thick of the NL East race. Atlanta has a, a runaway with it, uh, along with Philadelphia. We'll get to those two teams on the, on the other side of this break. But the Mets just keep shooting themselves in the, in the foot, and it looks like it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, I, I guess, you know, Javi's realizing that he's not in Chicago anymore. And, you know, Mets fans will always <laughs> find a reason to, they'll find a reason to always, you know, boo their guys. You know, I think that Grom was, they think that Grom was supposed to start yesterday, but he tested positive for COVID. So that, you know, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. that was the last thing the Mets needed. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But again, even despite that, the Mets are still right there in the division. So they're, sort, they're kind of within a striking distance. I know that they've, kind of had their issues too. They were able to kind of salvage their series, you know, winning a couple of games, like you said, Sid. But I mean, uh, look, I mean, I don't know what they're, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, no one wants to win that NL, NL East division apparently. So nobody like, you know, they're playing hot potato. I know Atlanta was able to salvage their series against the Giants. You know, they were able to go, they lost to what they shut out the Giants nine nothing, and you know Philly, you know Philly, you know lost an opportunity to gain a couple of games, but they were, you know, they they swept, the, you know, they were able to win three out of four against the Diamondbacks, but you know they're still right there, but uh, they've got a pretty, you know, all these teams have to play each other these next five weeks, so you know it's gonna get decided finally, so you know it's gonna be very interesting to see how these teams sort of match up because if you look at their schedule, you know, I don't have the schedules, their schedules right there, but you know, Atlanta, they got the Dodgers this, you know, starting tonight, you know, they have a three game against the Dodgers. So, you know, if you're Philly, you know, if you take care of your, take care of your business against the nationals, you know, hopefully maybe you can get back into the swing and get in control of that division. We don't know. So, excuse me. So we'll see what happens in that division. But, you know, I think if you're the, you're the Mets, I mean, all this attraction, I know Sandy Alderson, you know, tweeted that, you know, we love the fans and such. But it, it's just that, you know, right now I, I think the Mets are, they have other issues to worry about and bigger fish to mm-hmm. fry. 
Yeah, last point on the mess before we break for the bottom of the hour. I was listening to the fan in New York earlier uh, this morning before we we started our show today, and a couple of calls that I heard on, on that topic, they were pretty upset. And, and I know the culture is is like the, the city of Philadelphia. When you win, everybody likes you. When you lose, uh, everybody. When you win, everybody loves you. When you lose, everybody hates you. But for, for the Mets, uh, if you're a Mets fan, you have to be up. Uh, you have every right to be upset because your team was basically in the control of the NL East all season long, and, and then the injuries to Degrom and a couple other guys started happening. And at the trade deadline, he made a biz, this big boom of a move for Javi Baez. He came in and made a big impact. And next thing you know, he gets hurt, and then Jacob Degrom gets hurt, and the next thing you know, your season's going in the toilet. So. You know, it's, uh, it's it's all mental, and I, I don't know if I have enough to recover. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, Syndergaard, that was Syndergaard, I should say, that tested positive for COVID. He was actually mm-hmm. supposed to be coming back for a start yesterday, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, you saw what happened there. But, uh, but all, look, I think as far as this, this, this thing with the Mets, I mean, I think if they were in first place, I mean, this whole thing wouldn't be an issue, but since they're seven and a half back, in the Nash, in the NL East, I think that's why now it's becoming a big problem, but Again, we'll just have to wait and see. So I guess we'll I guess we'll finish up the baseball bubble. We are gonna talk football, you know, injury. We'll we'll talk bears, of course. You know, Justin Fields look good against the Titans. A lot of injuries in the in the National Football League, including some contending teams suffer some key injury losses and the clearly one team that seems like they're sneak bitten. But again, we'll talk about it coming up on the other side. With Sydney Brown, I am Lakina McGee. This is Second City Sports, and you're listening to Sports No Chicago. And we will have more. We're going to have more. Finish up the baseball talk. We'll also talk some football too. So stay right there. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That's that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. 
Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone. Sid and Lakina here with you as we'll talk about the Chicago Bears win over the Tennessee Titans in their preseason finale in just a few minutes. We're wrapping up our baseball talk. We have a, the question of the day for you White Sox fans for this hour. Who should be your number three start, starter uh, for the if the playoffs start started today? Will it be Dylan Cease or will it be Lucas Giolito in your mind? Place your comments in our comment section on our Facebook page or in on our YouTube page at Sports Zone Chicago. We'll put, post your comments and we'll get them on the air for you. Lakina, let's uh, continue with our baseball discussion from the best and worst from the weekend. Lakina, we met by the NL East. Let's go to the NL West. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, as you mentioned, uh, did not have a good weekend, losing two out of three in Atlanta. But the Los Angeles Dodgers, the LA Dodgers, <laughs> they lost two out of three to the lowly Colorado Rockies. And they have a big series against the Giants coming up uh, um, this coming weekend. But first, they got to host the Atlanta Braves for three at uh, Dodgers Stadium. But the, the Dodgers had a golden opportunity to creep up a little bit closer in the NL race, and they failed to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, like I said, you know, this season, especially when you're trying to catch up, I think those are the last things you want. They just didn't, they just didn't really have the bats. The bats didn't get going. You know, they were, they were shut out yesterday, and it, you know, it was just, you know, you know, it, it was, it's just unfortunate if you're, if you're a Dodgers fan. I actually know some Dodgers fans. They were not very happy because they didn't gain any ground on the Giants. Mm-hmm. But again, this is your, this is their chance to do it tonight. You know, starting tonight, so they got a three game or so. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a huge series and. Look, you don't want to say this is huge. I mean, I should say tomorrow, starting tomorrow, but you know, this weekend I should say. But uh, you know, this should this is gonna be this is huge. I mean, you get you get Atlanta if you're the Dodgers, you know, you kind of put them away. If you're the Giants, you know, you have the Brewers, you know, that's a big series, you know, for multiple reasons. So it's okay. gonna be very interesting. You know, these two series are gonna be intertwining. So can the Dodgers sort of creep up on on the Giants when as they meet this weekend? So it's gonna be a very this should be a very good series, but again, you know, we'll 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 wait and talk about that on Friday. But uh, not you know, missed opportunities by the Dodgers to sort of catch up, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's head over to the American League, of course, the AL East. Uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, lost a four nothing lead to the Cleveland Indians yesterday before the Indians came back and won. The New York Yankees they split the four game weekend series by the Bay uh, with the Oakland Athletics. Oakland losing the first two games of the series before coming back. And winning on Saturday afternoon, and then of course on Sunday night baseball last night, uh, coming back in the eighth inning there, Lakina. Uh, I know the people want to give the Yankees a slight edge in terms of one of the dangerous teams to look out for come playoff time. Uh, I'll say this: the lineup is good. We saw that against the White Sox a couple weeks ago, but I'm not sure about their bullpen. I'm not. Yeah, the bullpen. Yeah, who's going to starting pitcher wise outside of Garrett Cole? Yeah, I mean, you know, the bullpen has been sort of like the deterrent for the Yankees these last couple of games against Oakland. Lost a chance, couple of chances there to try to catch up. And also, too, their bat sore just didn't kind of let them down. But, you know, again, you know, the good news is that the Yankees, you know, because you're still in the, in the top in the, the the AL wild card. So 
that's sort of, you know, helps a little bit, but I think they feel as though they're still, they still have a chance to win that division. They're six games out right now, but the problem is that the Rays have won seven in a row. So that's going to be tough, but again, granted, you know, say Baltimore. Yeah, I'll say Baltimore. Yeah, so they say so Baltimore. So that that that's helped them, but uh, they have a big one against the Red Sox starting the night, and it's going to be look. It's going to be very interesting to see how, if they can kind of pad their lead. And if you're the Yankees, you better try and kind of you know get back into it, sort of get back into the groove because you won 14, 13 in a row, I should say, and then you lost a couple. You switch your series against the A's, so you you continue your West Coast road trip against the Angels, so. We'll see if they can kind of, you know, try and kind of, you know, play catch up in the East now. Well, okay, well, with Central, you know, of course, the White Sox will win the division. I think they're, I think their match number is like what twenty-seven or something like that for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston looks like they're starting to pull away a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The A's, the A's, have, like I said, they they were able to split their series with the Yankees, so they're within striking striking distance. A tough series though for the Mariners, so you gotta wonder: are they kind of like starting this sort of, you know, kind of taking that downward spiral? But again, we'll see. You know, in the AL wild card, that's really good to be where the battle is. So we'll talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. wrapping up our baseball discussion, I mean, look, the East is the AL East. The, the NL East, I should say, is still very interesting, and we all know the West. Yeah, you know, it's gonna come down to that series. I think it gets you know the Giants and the Dodgers coming up this mm-hmm. weekend. We'll talk more about that, but. Again, I think it. I think the wild card is going to be where the real battle is going to be. Yeah, sticking with the AL wild card race. So of course, Toronto took two out of three from Detroit this weekend, so they're still hanging on. As you mentioned, Tampa Bay has been on a roll. That's actually one of the teams that I don't want to play view the the White Sox uh, in, in Oakland as well. But sticking with the AL wild card race, like you said, Seattle uh, they were getting swept by Kansas City. Salvador Perez. 38 home runs. It looks like he's going to hit close to 45 when his season's over with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it wasn't for Shohei Otani, do you think that Salvador Perez will be the front runner for AL, AL MVP? I would say Jose Abreu, but Abreu's uh, average has not been up to par, so that leaves him out. But Salvador Perez, he had one heck of a series in the Pacific Northwest last weekend. Well, and also too, the Royals were a little bit better. You know, usually the AL, usually the AL, especially kind of tends to kind of stay away from guys that you know are not in winning teams. So even though Perez's mm-hmm. stats are, you know, you can't really argue, but the problem is, is that their the Royals are not very good. So that's probably that's probably why. Also too, that that guy Shohei Otani, that that guy over there that plays yep. for the Angels, you know, that's kind of you. Know, and also the other guy too that that, that plays up north in Toronto, they you know, they're. That's you know he you know Vlad Jr. has had his struggles lately, but uh, you know I think you know you wish he did have have more you know pub, but again I think it's more the team aspect of it. So, so what uh, before we go over to football, what's what a couple of series that stick out sticks out in your mind uh, as uh, they, as the uh, baseball resumes tonight? What a couple of series that that you're looking at on the schedule say that this could turn out to be a dependable series in terms of a playoff chase. Boston and Tampa Bay, like I said earlier, I think Boston's trying to stay within distance in the wild card, and also to you know Tampa Bay trying to kind of like pull away in the in the East. Of course, of course, um, the the Yankees and the Angels that should be a, that's always interesting when those two battle. Now, also to Milwaukee and San Fran, you know that's, that's a, big a big series. I'm looking forward. That's to a that big one. series, big series for many reasons. Atlanta and the Dodgers we mentioned earlier again for multiple reasons, and also to Houston and Seattle. If you're Seattle. You're trying to kind of get back into the uh, the, the swinging games that that wild card, so what, that way you know the three teams ahead of you, you know the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the A's don't leave you behind. So if you're Seattle, you get them at home, the Astros, and 
you know, you, you kind of been playing them pretty well this season. So, you know, this is your chance to kind of try to kind of, you know, kind of make a dent into that, you know, kind of take off not only in the AL, in the AL uh, West, but also too in the AL wild card. Real quick on the Milwaukee and San Francisco series. Those are the two best teams record-wise in the National League. As we said on the show before, and I said this in our last episode on Friday, Milwaukee is the poor man's Chicago White Sox in the National League. This series is important because Milwaukee, uh, I know there's questions up there from some of their fan base uh, discussing, saying that can they beat good teams? Well, San Francisco's been there all year as a surprise team uh, in Major League Baseball. Of course, they're not going away. And they have excellent starting pitching and timely hitting. And these two teams basically mirror each other. But this series is important because whoever has home field advantage, that's will probably win the National Series. So I think this series is bigger than what people get a, give it credit for. I think whoever, despite what happens in the series, between those two teams, whoever gets home field throughout the NFL will probably represent the National League in the World Series. Don't you think? Because it, people will still want to give the Dodge shot okay, but the Dodgers have not been the Dodgers this year due to injuries. And whoever comes out of the NL East, do you trust them to get hot come October as of right now? No. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't, yeah, I, was, I think the Dodgers are sort of the team, if they end up going into, assuming that they don't get, I still think the Dodgers will end up winning the NL West. I just have this feeling that, you know, once they get everybody, they're starting to get everybody back, and once they're, their pitching is still, you know, trying to figure out there. So I think they will get it together. Plus, you guys are seasoned veterans. So I think they will get it together. The Milwaukee, I'm still not sold on. They'll end up winning the division. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. They may they may stick it up. I don't know. But we'll just have to wait and see. So let, let's go to the gray for, you know, for the segment. Sid, we'll start with the Bears first. You know, the Bears, you had a win their – Excuse me. Win their win their final preseason game against the Titans, twenty-seven twenty-four. Um, you know, Justin Fields played a you know most of the game, not maybe most of the first half. You know, mm-hmm. he you know he threw for a touchdown. You know, he wasn't. It didn't really have you know wasn't a Justin Fields like performance like some people thought it would be. You know, we didn't really see too much of him. You know, like I said, they didn't really show that much. But you know, there's always this you know this battle that. Maybe he should be starting week one against the Rams in a couple of weeks. But, you know, again, the look, we just don't know what we don't really know. I think the whole QB one day with Dalton and everything. But uh mm-hmm. well what's what's your what's your thoughts on this? And we've been talking about it for like the last month, it seems. As I said on Friday, head coach Matt Nagy is actually uh, doing this correctly. And I said one of the reasons why that Justin Fields won't start the season because to play on the offensive line. Now, the couple of highlights that I saw from Saturday, they didn't look that great. I know as a team, the Bears only rushed 21 times for 65 yards, I believe. But uh, pass protection is going to be key, obviously. And, and that's why you brought in uh, uh, Jason Peters from Philadelphia. He's, I know he's a 39-year-old off the scrap heap, and hopefully the Bears can get something out of him. But until the offensive line uh, establishes continuity, uh, I'm not putting uh, Mr. Fields in there. He's your franchise quarterback. you got to have the pieces around him in the best situation possible for him to start developing and start, and start winning. He is your franchise quarterback. There's no doubt about it. You want to have the best uh, situation possible for him to come in and succeed. Now, looking at the offensive line, this, is, this isn't it. Now, the running game can – Improve. I know David McGovern basically didn't play this preseason. Khalil Herbert looked okay, 
And I know Damian Williams is going to get uh, as a running back. But that offensive line is what concerns me. We talked about the special teams the last couple, especially with our guy from more media, Kyle Means. And the special teams actually did something crazy with Keenan, what I saw. They didn't turn it over. <laughs> and they had a couple of decent kicks returns. So uh, the, the, that's, that unit still has some work to do. But going back to the defense with Keenan, I know they had a return uh, uh, interception for a return for a touchdown Saturday. But the one thing I'm looking forward to this year is can they get a consistent pass rush without blitzing? That's my number two concern as the Bears will start their season. And like I said, less than two weeks at Los Angeles against the Rams of a national audience. Number two concerns for me, the offensive line and can uh, will the defense uh, bring uh, quarterback pressure consistently without blitzing? Well, I think the whole thing with the O-line, I think that's going to be the number one thing. I mean, if you want – look, you want to put that O-line, you know, with – a couple of you know, a couple of young players. I know Whitehair is a veteran, and Fetty is probably like the most consistent guy. Do mm-hmm. you really want to put him, you know, especially at thirty-nine-year-old Jason Peters against Aaron Donald? Yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. No. Yeah, have, have have Justin Fields start running around. I know. Look, he's we know he's very athletic. We know he's you know very fast. He can you know he can run the forty. But again, I don't. Do you really want to give him a chance to you know? Be right there against Aaron Donald. Uh, uh, Aaron Donald is not in a very good mood, like I, I, I think we could assume. So I don't think you <laughs> want to do that. So look at the old line is a concern. The defense, the front seven, that front seven is older. I'll say that they're all mm-hmm. every, just about everybody on that roster on that on that front seven is over thirty. You know, you got Goldman, you know, who didn't play last year. Nichols, you know, he's had some injury concerns. Also, to Khalil Mack, people forget he had some injury issues, too. Those knees have been bothering him. So, I don't know what's, what's you know, what, how's he going to look. Robert Quinn, you know, all that money, and we haven't really heard a thing from him. I mean, Trevathan will see how much, look, I mean, Trevathan will see how much he has left in the tank. You know, because I think he's 32 now. I think he's had some injury problems as well. Also, your secondary. I mean, Jalen Johnson, you know, showed some strides last year, but again, he got banged up too later in the season. <laughs> Will that be an issue too? Tashawn Gibson, very solid, solid young, you know, solid young safety. Eddie Jackson, I mean, you hope that the shoulder and the elbows problems that he's been having, that's, you know, doesn't become an issue too. Kendall, Vi- Kendall Vitter, I mean, I, look, I, I like what I saw, you know, a little bit from the preseason, a little bit last year, those last couple of games, but. Do you really trust him to be kind of that sort of like that that the replacement for, for Kyle Fuller? I don't think so, but again, that's just me. But you know, Sid, what do you think? <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. A question for this segment for you Bears fans out there. Who should start week one? Alien or Justin Fields? Place your comments in our comments section. On Facebook at Sports Zone Chicago or on YouTube, just search for Sports Zone Chicago. Place your comments in the comments section, and Lakina will get those comments up and going displayed on our screen for those of you watching us on YouTube live. Lakina, that defense, as I said, concerns me. The secondary, I know Eddie Jackson, he has a New Jersey number this year, number four for some reason. But <laughs> will the secondary live up to his billing? It can't live up to his building from a couple of years ago if you don't get a pass rush. If you don't get a pass rush, you're even taken apart. And so, I, as the as the secondary goes, so goes the well, so goes the pass rush. If you don't get a pass rush, your secondary can 
do much else but get left out there alone in the island. And I think that's the what that's not what you want. I'm sure if you're the Bears, but again, mm-hmm. again, we'll get to we'll get to all our, our previews and stuff. You know, on Friday, you know, we'll get more in, in depth. But mm-hmm. you know, who's going to be the number one, you know, number two receiver after Allen Robinson? Will it be Mooney? Mm-hmm. Will it be Goodwin? You know, who you guys you know picked up and who of uh, the Bears picked up? Will how the how about the running game? Will the running game be will be used? I mean, you know, David Montgomery. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to want the ball more. You know, you got Damian Williams too, has a Super Bowl ring, who's got a lot of experience and who can kind of help out, sort of, you know, move the chains, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, he's had some injury issues too. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of wonder how much he has left in the tank. I mean, he's 29. So you got to think that that's sort of when, you know, the, the running back you know, position in the NFL sort of, you start kind of going to downward spiral you know, once you hit 29. So we'll see how much he has left. But again, like I said, we'll do our records and predictions and stuff on Friday, but I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm seeing a barely 500 record for the bears. Again, that, that, that's just a tease for me, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. I'll give you my record on Friday, but for the bears to be successful going forward, it, it depends on when Justin Fields gets into the lineup. It, uh, whether it be week one, which we doubt is going to happen, whenever that, whenever that time comes, whether it's still third or fourth game of the season, will it be after that? We just don't know. But whenever Mr. Fields gets in there, I believe this Bears team will take out. You'll start to see signs of what the future can bring for the Chicago Bears team. Now, as far as Andy Dalton is concerned, uh, you want him to be healthy. You want him to give you something, whatever that is. Hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not mobile, and that's why I'm still worried about that offensive line, especially when you mm-hmm. want to uh, indulge Justin Fields into that lineup. We know Andy Dunn, we said before, Lakini, he's not a mobile quarterback. He hasn't been a mobile quarterback. He's not going to change now. And with the way the offensive line has been shaky at best uh, throughout this preseason due to injuries and inconsistent play, if Andy Dalton starts to run backwards, uh, you really are in trouble. And that really the plans for the back for Mr. Fields to get on the field. Yeah, that's that's going to be sort of the thing, especially when your O line is not helping. So that 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 doesn't help your cause. So you know we know that you know McDonald's never been a mobile quarterback, never has, never will be, and and that's okay. But again, when you have a bad O line and not a very mobile quarterback, that's recipe mm-hmm. for disaster. So we'll we'll see what happens. Again, you know, like I said, if you go to their first. Well, we talked about their their first, you know, four games of the season. When we'll see <laughs> Mr. Fields. I mean, you got Los Angeles. You, of course, the Rams. Of course, on Sunday football. You got Cincinnati. That's I know some people are already you know marking that as a win. That's not really a game. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good Cincinnati team. I think had had Joe Burrow not gotten hurt, who knows? They probably would have challenged for that you know that third wild that second wild card spot in the AFC. I I believe you know Cleveland. You know, a lot of people are picking them to be a Super Bowl. Little Super Bowl pick for the AFC again. We'll see. Maybe Detroit. I mean, maybe we'll see Detroit. I mean, if that's if you're, no, that's if my this, game. Yeah, that's, we we, we discussed this with Kyle on, on Friday's show. That's my game. The Mr. Fields will get in that Detroit game. Also, you got you know Vegas, of course. Also, too, on the seventeenth of October, you get Green Bay. So again, we just don't know what we don't know what the Bears are going to be. They could be look. They could be two and one. They could be zero and three by then. Who knows? But or one and yeah. two. So. I, I don't you know. We'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I, I just at this point, I just don't. I'm I'm 
let's just say I'll, I'll I'll put my records up on Monday, but I'm on, on Friday, I should say. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, though. No, it's gonna be very interesting, though. No doubt. Yeah, it will be interesting. Let's just say that if Andy Dalton stinks it up, but the Bears' record is at five hundred or above, do you still leave them leave them in there? Do you? I'm doing the shrugs emoji. I don't know. I'm doing the shrugs emoji. I'm doing the shrugs. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you put, I don't know. Do you? I, I, it's just, we know how, you know, we know this whole, this whole promise that they made. They're paying them 10 million, you know, QB1, blah, blah, blah. But again, we just don't know mm-hmm. what the, we just don't know what the mindsets are going to be at this point. We don't. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the Living Color. Sitting Lakina here with you, Lakina. We have just a couple of minutes left before we take our end of the hour break. Uh, did, did you watch the rest of the uh, the preseason finale? If, and if so, what did what impressed you? I I saw a little bit of it. Usually, you know, by the by the last preseason game, I kind of tuned out. I wasn't watching that much preseason anyway. <laughs> it's a sort of like I, I'm like yeah, I always like keep an eye on like what's going on. But I think I think look, I think Jerry Horsted has played. Jesper Horsted has played his way into a roster spot. You know, I know he had three touchdown catches, I guess, you know, so I guess the you know, the horse set game, I guess that's what you know, what people are calling it. I mean, like he had like he had a decent game, but like I said, you're you're playing against guys that are just trying to get into their roster. So look, I mean, look, he's a he's a Princeton guy, so we know he's super smart. So again, you know, this is sort of like, you know, let's not get enamored with someone that can catch the football. So I think look, can put him in the in the in the roster. I mean, in the practice, you know, squad. I mean, you know, he could probably be mm-hmm. kind of a you got look. The Bears already have like about 100 tight ends already, so I think that's just a another. That's just another thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, he had a really nice game. But like I said, I was kind of tuning in and out with some of these uh, preseason games. But uh, you know, those are really really the standouts. I mean, I know um, Trey Roberson had a, had a nice had a nice game for the Bears. And again, these are just these are guys that are just trying to make their way into the playoff roster. I mean, the, 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 the main roster in for the season. That's basically what these guys are doing. So again, you really don't invest in the, those last preseason games, whether it's for the fourth one or in this case, the third one. So it's really, mm-hmm. you know, okay. The great, you know, these are great stories, but you know, I think that's the only reason why you have these last preseason games, but it's fine. Yeah, we saw some stars in the last uh, preseason game, which is the third one this year. Uh, Cam Newton looked okay uh, as the Patriots uh, faced off against the New York Giants. Matt Jones got the majority of the snaps. Uh, he looked good. I know Bill Belichick was asked, uh, um, have you named his starting quarterback yet? Yeah, of course, Bill Belichick, you've known him for the last 21 years. He does not tell you anything. And as I said on the show before, it's going to be Cam Newton because that 7-9 record from, from a year ago, it's a stain on Bill Belichick's record. He does not want to have back-to-back losing seasons. Yes, he may like Mac Jones in the long run, but in the short term, with everybody, especially the defense, is coming back from New England, or they traded Sony Michelle away. Uh, they're running back to the L.A. Rams due to their injury problems. But Bill Belichick desperately does not want to have a back-to-back losing season. Last time he did that was when he started coaching in Cleveland almost 25 years ago. So, mm. uh I I I I believe it's going to be Cam, but uh, if Cam gets off to a to a, a bad start, COVID or no COVID, uh, Bill Belichick will not hesitate to pull the trigger. Well, we all know that. I'm sure I'm, a lot of the Patriots fans are looking for a reason to, to pull Cam. So we'll see what happens with um with that saga. Um, some of the uh, I think the, really the big story for the NFL. You know, these last couple of weeks has been injuries. J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. He was primed to have a have a, a great year. 
you know, that offense. But also, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he tore his ACL against Washington. And there were, look, there were a lot of folks, you know, some Ravens fans were already saying, how could he, you know, how could John Harbaugh put him out there? And, and, I, and I said this, look, you know, he could have hurt himself in a non-contact injury at practice because we've seen that happen before. So I think Ravens fans, I know Ravens fans are, you know, are emotionally, you know, I know they're upset, but, you know, they've got a nice running back dev. Hopefully, you know, you got Todd Gurley still out there. So maybe they'll give him a look, you know, eventually. But I think you're right now. I think they understood that, you know, that some Ravens fans are upset. But again, you know, injuries happen in the NFL. Now, um, really, the, the, the one team that's really suffered a lot from the injury bug is the Colts. Because... You know, T.Y. Hill is now having back lower back problems and neck problems. And now, you know, Sam Tevy, who was one of their top, you know, O-lineman guys, he's done for the year with an ACL injury. So, mm-hmm. and and I think I just saw, I think, like, Carson Wentz and I think a couple other guys are, you know, COVID protocols, also to Quinn Nelson as well. So, yeah. this is just, you know, this team is just snake-bitten right out of the cold. I mean, it's just like, is there anything that can't, that can go wrong or, they can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. How you look at it for the Colts? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, thank goodness I'm not head coach Frank Wright. It doesn't matter how much you pay me. This stuff that you that's just beyond your control. But somehow, somewhere, you got to overcome it and get your team prepared because they have the Seattle Seahawks on opening day, and it's, it's not easy for the Colts. I know they they were picked by some to be. Excuse me. One of those surprise teams coming out of the AFC this year. They thought that with the move of Carson Wentz, they could perhaps become their next team to be a Super Bowl contender, perhaps challenge Kansas City. Right now, it's not looking good, but uh, we'll see how it's with the Colts uh, in these next couple of weeks. If, the sooner that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson will both of them battle injuries, the sooner they come off the COVID list, uh, uh, the, the, the Colts' chances of making the playoffs perhaps a long run, the, the chances, uh, the, the better their chances. Now, before we hit our, our uh, top of the hour break. The San Francisco 49ers, I know Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo played in their last preseason game last night against the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, Lance had the majority of the of the Lakina. I think the same thing is going to happen in San Francisco like it is here in Chicago. Jimmy G is going to start, but he is going to be a short lead. You can tell that they want Trey Lance in there from the word go. But if Jimmy Garoppolo stinks it up in these first couple of weeks, Trey Lance is in there for the long haul. That's how I see it. Well, and I love the fact that Kyle Shanahan has taken a cue from his dad because, well, actually, I think his dad, I don't think Mike had any, really had any big issues, you know, uh, with uh, having to worry about starting <laughs> quarterbacks. But it, I, like you said, Sid, I mean, you look at their schedule. They got a very, well, not really a tough schedule. I mean, they have the Lions. We'll see how the Lions look on the 12th. We'll have the Eagles again. We'll see how the Eagles look. Big trade for the Eagles. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, then they have the Packers and the Seahawks. So they've got a pretty tough schedule coming out of the gate. And if Jimmy G struggles against any of those teams, they're going to get, he's going to get the hook, get the hook. And, you know, Lance is going to be out there. So, and if you're a San Fran, I mean, you've had some, a lot of injury issues last year that kept y'all from kind of going to the promised land, if you will. So you made some pickups and hopefully, you know what, you'll get you. you, you you um, drafted Trey Lance. You know, I know that was Kyle Shanahan's guy. So we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you got to think he's going to be in a shorter leash than Cam is, Jimmy G, I should say. So we'll see. And your thoughts on the trade of Garden Minshew from Jacksonville to Philadelphia? I think it's a good one for Philadelphia. Yeah, I think so too. I think you need QB death. 
I think you need someone there that kind of like that knows that particular offense. And look again, I don't know how much of a leash, you know, Jalen hurts is on, but you know, again, you gotta, you got Minshew that you know, shows some flashes, but again, I think you got an extra, got extra QB. I think that's what you want. And I know Joe Flacco, I know he's not ready to hang it up just yet. So, I mean, it's going to be, that's going to be very interesting though in, uh, in Philly, because I mean, who's going to be the starter if Hertz isn't very good or, you know, God forbid he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, how about Teddy Brid- Teddy Bridgewater gets the starting job for the Denver Broncos? As we said before, Lakina Vic Vangio's in his third year. If you don't win in your third year, you'll be getting a peak slip in link cards. So that's why he has been made. And, and Drew Locke, has, uh, he did show some science last year, but he's not quite there yet. Teddy Bridgewater, the same thing happened with him with, in a Carolina uniform last year. He started out okay, he started out hot, and then he kind of fizzled off at the end. So if you're the Broncos, let's see if uh, Teddy Bridgewater can start off high and stay high. Absolutely. So uh, let's see what else sort of like NFL, sort of NFL wise, of course, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, had a nice outing though. their last, the Jags last preseason game, of course, he got the start. I mean, you know, Will Gay, big, big shocker. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, anything else sort of in the NFL before we take our break that kind of, you know, that kind of, that caught your eye? I'm just glad that the preseason is over. I know the regular season starts next Thursday, and then of course, less than two weeks, uh, we'll have the uh, first Sunday of the NFL season. I'm just, I, I, I cannot wait. So uh, this season should be exciting. It should be exciting. And also, too, okay, also too, right before we we go to our break, you know, we'll have our predictions. We'll hopefully we'll have some guests on to talk some NFL to kind of get you guys ready for the season coming up. Hopefully we can get like a pick, you know, a pick on thing you know, with our, you know, with our folks, you know, from right here in Sports Zone Chicago, you know, and also you, can, you guys can be a part of it too. So again, we're something we're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the early stages on, but hopefully we can get that going. So that's it for the first hour of the show, and an hour two we're talking, you know, the week zero of college football. Also, do some big things happening in out, you know, in the sort of in the, you know, in tennis and some a big playoff and golf. And also to some sports media news that could be some game changers. Listen to Second City Sports along <laughs> with Cindy Brown. I'm Akeem McGee. We'll catch you on the flip side of this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shut out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. 
What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports for hour number two right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and in living color along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. You can follow your show on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Girl McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You can catch up on past shows and past uh, podcasts. You can watch the shows, uh, listen and watch your favorite shows live also on that Sports Zone Chicago app. So make sure you get that app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, search for Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports. Make sure you do so by searching for War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in DR on Anchor. And speaking of War Media, you can follow those guys on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, 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 and tell your friends. Lakina, I know this is uh, the most exciting time of the year for you as we kick off our number two. I'm sorry that I missed the college football action because I was all cup socked out. Uh, I apologize to our listeners out there, but I did see a couple of clips of this. We started locally in college football. Uh, the Illinois Fire and the Line Night, they won their opening game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, in Big Ten play. Congrats to head coach Brett Bilma uh, for the final Line Night. It was nice to see crowds there again down there in Champaign, Illinois. The yeah, they pretty much were in control of that game. I know Nebraska uh, tried to make a late run, but uh, they came up short. And Illinois, I don't know what this means for them going forward uh, in Brett Brilma's first year, but it was nice they got they got off the schneid uh, with with the win against uh, Nebraska. Now Nebraska, this is the first time since 1977 and 19 that they lost back to back season openers. And I believe this is the first time in school history they lost an open game in the month of August. Yep, you are right. And they just don't have the personnel right now. Adrian Martinez is probably the one good player that they had. All A lot of the other good players that they did have transferred. So, you know, you're in a tough spot if you're Scott Frost. You also have an NCAA investigation, you know, hanging over their heads. You know, of course, what happened with the pandemic, them practicing when they weren't supposed to. You know th- that that kind of explains why they wanted to play. <laughs> they were lobbying for to play. You know, I think yeah, that scandal college sports. What else is new? <laughs> yeah, true. That's true, right? But look, I think look, I think that you know, look, they 
look, they just don't have the personnel right now. He's already on thin nice there. We got Trev Albert, Trev Albert, who is who actually won a national championship with Nebraska. He's now the new AD. He's been there for about a couple of months now, I'm sure. But the but I think Scott Frost's bio is like like 20 million or something like that. So that's gonna be hard for him to swallow. So if they do decide to give him the hook, but again, we just gotta wait and wait and see now as far as Illinois. I, got, I watched a little bit of that game and Arturo Stitowski. He looked really good. Had two touchdown uh, passes. Had a, you know it, it, it looked really. You gotta say that you know Mike Epstein, who you know seventy five yards had the, the long rushing touchdown for Illinois. It was also their their defense, their special teams. You know they had a couple of uh, big runs to the special teams. So you know it, it, you know I think look if you're if you're Brett Bielema, this is sort of the best start that you have. Now again, I'm not saying they're gonna win the Big Ten West. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> But uh, they could definitely at least, you know, look at their schedule. You know, they got UT San Antonio. They're, uh, that's the upstart program coming up on Saturday. You know, they could they they at least get to a bowl game. They can win five or six games and win, get to a bowl game. You know, I think that's a pretty successful start if you're Brett Bielema. There we go. As, <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I'm you, yeah. hello. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's what happens when you do these things uh, virtual. Uh, you listen to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago City, Lakina, as we talk college football. Just a reminder for you guys, in this Friday, Lakina is going to give you her breakdowns of the uh, biggest games in college football uh, for the upcoming weekend. Of course, this weekend will be officially week zero of the college football season for 2021 as fans are back in the stands, and we'll get the, the extensive Labor Day weekend schedule. So make sure this Friday between 12 and 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, listen to Second City Sports during the show. Lakina will start our weekly college football breakdown of key games to pay attention to both locally and nationally. Lakina, uh, back to what happened this past weekend. Uh, Mr. Chip Kelly is certainly on the hot seat at UCLA after having mm-hmm. a couple of bad seasons. Yeah, we talked about this with Randy Cross, a couple uh, who's a former UCLA grad, you know, All American at UCLA, mm-hmm. all, you know, O lineman, and uh, yeah, he he said, look, I mean, Chip Kelly needs to kind of have a big season here, basically, and look, they're off to a really good start. They be there a good a Hawaii team that's kind of rebuilding, you know, Todd Graham, who coached at Arizona State for years, you know, was assistant for after he was let go, is now back head coaching over at Hawaii. Doria Robinson Thompson looks good, you know, he had a touchdown. A touchdown pass, Zach Charbonnet. I think that's a guy that probably could be, you know, I, I don't know if Randy mentioned it, but I think he could definitely be a guy that could be sort of, you know, been the running for the Heisman. He had three three touchdown runs, you know, rushed for 106 yards. I mean, the, they looked really good. I mean, I think UCLA is sort of one of those teams where, you know, they kind of need to kind of, you know, get going. You know, they have a tough one at LSU. We'll see where LSU's mindset is with all the, whatever that's happening down there in the Gulf with um, Hurricane Ida, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks mm-hmm. that are being impacted by that, uh, that treacherous storm. But uh, I mean, I, I think the schedule is there. I mean, they've got, they've, look, they've got some tough games they got to go at Stanford at Washington, you know, they host Oregon, mm-hmm. they got to go at Utah. And of course, you know, their annual beating with a, uh, Crosstown rival U- USC and also to they finish up hosting Cal. So they've got a chance now if they could get at least get to a bowl game, I think you know that might that might help say you know that, that might help save Chip Kelly's Chip Kelly's job. I don't know, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, just have to wait and see. Now Lakina, I'll, I'll ask you to do something on the on the fly. Can you pull up Northwestern's uh, schedule for this year? And I sure can. 
Okay, the reason why I'm asking that because uh, last year, of course, we all know that uh, COVID ran rapid throughout the whole sport, both professionally and collegially. And Northwestern took advantage of that last year. Though, of course, they lost a close game to the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten Championship game last year. Uh, they were led by the defense, but the quarterback is not that great. And uh, I wanted to ask you and to our listeners out there, do you think that Northwestern can uh, have that same performance this year like they did a, a year ago? I believe they played in Wrigley Field this year, I, I believe against Purdue. You could correct me on that if I'm incorrect. But uh, Northwestern Northwest took advantage of a lot of breaks last year. And they were, like I mentioned, they were close against now their quarterback Justin Fields, uh, then of the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were very close of taking the Big Ten Championship overall last year. Do you, do you expect the same success this year, or do you expect them to take a step backwards? Because uh, Pat Fitzgerald, he, Fitzgerald uh, he's a heck of a coach. He's been there for a long time, from back in the mid to late 90s. But I noticed the, the trend for Northwestern in the last few years. When you have a successful season, you come back to have a downward year. And then when, when you get a down year, you come back to have a surprise year that no one expects. Do you expect that trend to, to continue, or do you think they can surprise some people again? Well, they got a tough one that right off the bat. I'm sure they're going to want that revenge against the fighting Mel Tuckers over at Michigan State. You know, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Northwestern was up to Michigan State last year. And, you know, they got them right there. And you are right, Sid. They do play Purdue on the 20th of November at Wrigley. So that should be a fun one there. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got to go at Michigan. They might Michigan. be for a ball game. Then they, they, yeah, they might also, come they might... down to uh, uh, they go to a ball game or not. Yeah, I mean they got to go at Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin looks uh, they're they're prime for a big run. I think you know, and that and Iowa too. I mean that's going to be a tough one too. They 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 actually host Iowa. They get Iowa at home, so that should help a little bit. I'm sure the folks at Ryan Field are going to be you know psyched for that game on the sixth of November. Mm-hmm. But like you said, so I think they I think they more or less benefited from last year that you know a lot there was a lot of turmoil with some mm-hmm. rosters, you know, and other teams, and you know I think some teams, I think some players just probably more mentally just weren't in it. So Northwest was able to mm-hmm. you know, take advantage of it. Again, we'll see if that trend doesn't continue. They have not had a very good season. They'll you know, just have their struggles. They've got a pretty tough schedule and conference schedule, I should say. So they got Indiana State, so there's, there's no reason why. They host Indiana State in a, you know, in a couple of weeks. So that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Duke's still a you know, pretty decent program, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, I, I mean, if they can at least get to a bowl game, I know that wouldn't be a big – that's sort of a kind of a little bit of a step back from last year. but. Again, you know, mm-hmm. with everything kind of back to normal, I'm doing air quotes here. Normal, yeah. There's no, I think there's no reason why they should at least be, you know, at least at least at the very least be bowl eligible and go to a bowl game. The reason I ask you that because, it, as you mentioned, mentioned, uh, it's get is hard to get a read on this team. And like I mentioned before, uh, the defense carried them last year, and it was one of the top defenses in the country, but. Especially unless you lost some guys to graduation, mm-hmm. it's hard for you to duplicate that again and read off that schedule. Akina, call me crazy. Five wins, maybe six is the benchmark. Yeah, you can tell me if I'm crazy. <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I think you're right. I think you are. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you're definitely, you know, you definitely be in the ballpark and they do end up only winning five or six games because like they have a, a little bit of a tougher schedule. Like I said before, I mean, Wisconsin, Iowa are probably the favorites in that division. So and the Big Ten West. So bounce back here. I know Northwestern beat them last year, but yeah, but yeah, Wisconsin's I mean, back. 
Yeah, I think especially, like I said, now everything's back to normal. I think Wisconsin is trying to kind of win that division. I will probably definitely have something to say about it too, but I think Northwestern, I, I just don't see it. Now, again, you know, Minnesota, maybe. I mean, but like I said, they lost some guys to graduation and transfer. So, we'll, but, but you know, you know, PJ Fleck will always have his guys ready to play all the games. So, like I said, we'll get to a little bit more on Friday, but. I mean, this should be a very interesting season in the Big Ten, especially in the Western Division. Now, you look, it looks like, you know, all else they will probably have, unless something really weird happens and then all the, you know, the whole team gets kidnapped by, you know, our, and that, get, get kidnapped going to outer space or something. There's no reason why, <laughs> why Ryan, well, like, you know, Ryan Day, you know, unless he gets, you know, somehow kidnapped by, uh, by you know, goes into outer space. But uh, unless that happens, I don't see them. I don't see them uh, not winning the Big Ten East. But uh, again, you never know. But, you know, crazy things happen in college football. We know that we saw that last year, but you know, but I think it, there's no reason why I think Wisconsin and Iowa shouldn't be battling out for the Big Ten West title. Yeah, if you want to post a comment about college football, what you looking forward to most for this upcoming 2020 2021 season? 2021, say that five times fast. You can do so on our Facebook page, just search for Sports Zone Chicago. And on our YouTube page, just search for Sports Zone Chicago as well. Post your comments, and Lakina will get them up on the air for you. Lakeem, as you mentioned, Wisconsin, I think they'll, they'll be back for sure, uh, this, uh, if, assuming they don't have your injuries. Michigan, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. Jim Harbaugh, as you told me, he got that contract extension. He's been a big disappointment the last couple of years in Michigan. Uh, what do you expect from them this year? It's, it's, it's hard for me to get a read on them, the Northwestern. At least we, we, I think we – Kind of have a good wheel of work can we potentially expect from Northwestern. But Michigan, do you still see them as a national co- uh, title contender? I don't. Maybe I'm out of my head again, but I, I don't know. I mean, uh, if they can at least get to a bowl game, I think if you're, if, I think if you're, you'll take that if you're Michigan because they didn't go to a bowl game last year. I mean, they, you know, they have a tough one on the 11th, uh, September 11th against Washington. Although they do get them at home, so you gotta think that helps a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, that's sort of like a way to kind of get them to kind of get back into that. You know, Michigan. You know, Michigan is back sort of. You know, mm-hmm. situation there. I mean, they get they they gotta go at Wisconsin. That's gonna be a tough one for them. You know, they got to go at Michigan State, although they didn't beat, you know, they want to get their revenge last year after losing to them. Indiana, I mean, I think they're, I think this, and if you're Jim Harbaugh, I think you're okay with this. You're, people are already, you know, leaving you guys out there for dead. Oh, you guys stink. Oh, you guys are not the Michigan y'all were back in the day. I think they're going to use that as motivation. And, you know, Cade McAmara, you know, is a guy, you know, he's a junior college transfer <laughs> from, from Nevada. I think he's sort of someone that he's been wanting you know, to be a starter for a while. So, Hopefully he can kind of you know jumpstart that uh, Michigan offense, and and look, I think no one's really expecting them to do much, so I think they might actually do be pretty good. Now I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten East, but I think they're definitely going to make it interesting. All right, let's go to the Pac-12, Lakina. I believe Utah uh, were in the championship game last year. I know they were one of the one of the teams that were on the outside looking in the college football playoff. Uh, do you expect? for them to take the next step, or do you think they'll take a huge step back? Because it looks like it's going to be competitive once again this year. I know they were one of the last uh, conferences to uh, to get in the season last year due to COVID, but when things, as you mentioned, return to normal, I think the Pet 12 is going to surprise the people. And I don't know if Utah, it's hard to get a read on them, but can they surprise people again this year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's always hard to get a read on Utah because you know, it's just sort of like, you know, for one year they're good, the next year, you know, they're not so they're, they kind of disappoint. So, you know, again, we'll see what happens with them. But, um, 
Like, I think Utah could be one of those teams that can kind of like have us on the say about who wins that that Pac-12 West. I think. Look, mm-hmm. it's all the West is always interesting. The Pac-12 because you got the both the LA teams, you got Utah, <laughs> you got both the Arizona teams. You know, both of them are going through some upheaval. Whether it's a coaching change for Arizona, the stuff going on over Arizona State with the the investigations and stuff like that. That that's a that's a whole nother you know topic. Shocking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, I think you look. I think Utah's prime. Look, look. SC may have something to say about it. I know a lot of people, you know, have kind of left UC, USC, I should say, out there. But I think, look, UCLA. I mean, USC, I should say. You know, I keep getting my initials mixed up. But I, like, I think USC could probably have something to say about it. I think they've got a, some pretty, they got some pretty good talent coming, you know, coming down the pike. And I think, look, if SC, SC might be the favorite in that division. I think, although Utah may have something to say about who wins it. Maybe UCLA. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, the the, the Pac-12 West is always so like one. Of the, that's probably the only division where you can kind of like, okay, you can put like four or five you know teams in a hat, and then you pull out a team, and then you're like, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if that team is up winning the division. I know USC has always had that pressure from the uh, their fan base in Los Angeles. I know they wanted Urban Meyer. Of course, Urban Meyer said no. He took his talents to Jacksonville in the National Football League. But uh, USC has not been doing that great over the last few years. Uh, uh, we talked about Chip Kelly early in this segment. Do you think that USC has that same pressure on them as well, perhaps even more? Probably more. I think they look. There's always this pressure at USC, right? Because I think <laughs> again they they got the talent, but again, give, do they have the coach? I know Clay Helms is on the hot seat still. I know Mike mm-hmm. Bone, who's the athletic director there. I think he believes in him. That's why he kept him. But uh, SC fans, you know, not so much. So I don't know what's gonna happen there. But uh, again, I think if they're if they don't have a good season, I. I think maybe Clay Hall might be on the hot seat, but again, you never know. But it'll be very interesting. It'll, it's going to get very intriguing there in the, in the Pac-12 West. And one more team I want to ask you about before we move on to your tennis notes as the U.S. Open uh, starts uh, this week. Actually, they started today. But uh, one more team, and I meant to ask uh, our guy Randy Cross last week. Uh, the University of Miami, the U, uh, mm. they were on the cusp for getting to that uh, playoff uh a tournament a couple of years ago. They've been mediocre the last couple of years. They were six and seven, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. They were eight and three in 2020. What do you see uh, expect from their program this year? Selfishly, uh, for the entertainment aspects of, I want them to return. I know they got Clemson in the ACC. I get it. I'm not saying they're they're better than Clemson. But uh, what do you expect from those Hurricanes this year? I expect them to be better. How much better? I don't know, but I expect them to be better than they were a year ago. I think they'll be a little bit better. I, I look, the you know, Derek King is back. You know, he's on track to start, so I think that helps a lot. And I mean, look, they've got a lot of great talent coming in. They've got a you know a couple of you know top you know defensive guys, you know secondary guys. Um, look, it's good though. It's gonna be tough for them because they got North Carolina in that in that coastal division. So that's gonna be. They've got a couple of guys out there. Mac Brown's got his guys playing. You know, they kind of you know. Sam Howell last year, I mean, you know, he's one of the top top passers in the ACC. So you got it after, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, but you got to think, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably prime. So they're going to have a tough go at it, I think, you know, Miami. I know because injuries, you know, of course, you know, when they lost came to, you know, to injury to the 20 ACL, mm-hmm. that sort of, you know, kind of put the brakes on their season. So 
you know, but again, I think look, May Diaz knows what he's doing. I think they'll be okay, and we'll see what happens with them. Now for the uh, now for me, the district district division the district uh, conference for me will be the pack be the uh, the Big Twelve, I should say. You got you know <laughs> Iowa State and Oklahoma kind of battling it out, and I think Oklahoma feels disrespected because they've got you know Iowa State, you know they got Bijan Robinson, they got <laughs> Brees Hall, you know. OU's got Spencer Rattler, who you go all three of those guys, you could probably say make a case for them to be right there in the Heisman chase. You know, I think those two teams are going to be, are going to see that, you know, we'll see how they do it, you know, but I think if you're Oklahoma, you kind of feel like, wait a minute now, we were the big dogs, you know, until they leave for the SEC. Like we're the big dogs, like, no. So we'll, and we'll see how Iowa state feels the pressure now because they're not the hunted anymore. People know who they are now. That's going to be sort of thing that's you know we're going to see if they can handle that pressure. Yeah, and, and speaking of the bit of uh, one more team before we move on, uh, the University of Texas. I know they tried to have a bounce back year last year, but Texas football, the Longhorns haven't been Texas in a very long time. Do you expect them to have any sort of renaissance uh, season this year, or well, will they... the same uh, sad story? Well, remember though, they got Steve Sarkeesian and the new coach now. So I'm looking forward. They got no Edinger's graduated now. So it's gonna be very interesting though for Texas. I mean, I think this is gonna be a transition year for Texas. I think they I think Texas fans know this. You know, they're pretty smart. They know that this is gonna be a transitional year. If they can at least win, make make it to a bowl game, I think they'll take it. But again, we'll see what they can we'll see what they can do. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's basically, you know, Sark, Sark's gonna have to, you know get some players that will be able to play his offense. So again, we don't know what's going to happen with, with them. So this is kind of a transitional year for Texas, you know, being a new coaching staff and such. Now, again, I mean, Clemson, Clemson's another team that's going to be in transition. Look, they, look, you know, Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, and, you know, Travis Etienne, you know, they're both gone, but there's still some talent there. They got Brian Brisset, who is the, um, preseason All-American in the defensive side. He's leading that defense. DJ, uh, I don't even want to say his last name, <laughs> but uh, you know he made some strides last year. You know, you you Galay, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to say that man's name, but the guy's name. You know, he's probably priming. He had he had some looks last year, so I think he's not going to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I think that also too, and also too, like you know, like I said with. With Brian say you know, the defense could look really good. And so they're still, <laughs> look, you know, look, they may have lost some of their talent, but there's still talent there at Clemson. All right. You're listening to Sega City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sitting Lakina here with you. We have a couple of minutes left before our bottom of the hour break. Lakina, uh, give us uh, the U.S. Open tennis update for uh, – Call me crazy, Lakia, if I ask you this question, but convince me to watch this year's tournament, especially on the women's side. Of course, the Williams sisters will not participate of both the Venus and Serena due to injuries. Uh, should I even, I don't, I don't want to, should I even make extra time to watch this? Well, you got Novak on the men's side. You got Novak Djokovic, you know, who's go, go, you know going for the calendar Grand Slam, winning all four Grand Slams. He would just be the second guy to do it after Rod Laver. So that's something to watch from the men's side. Now on the ladies' side, look, you still got Coco Golf. You still got the defending champion Naomi Osaka. I, I I find this humorous that people are already saying that oh I'm not going to watch because you know, the Williams sisters aren't there, Federer's not going to be there, Nadal's not going to be there, and I just. 
you know, people already predict that it's going to be the lowest rated U.S. Open, and, you know, since ESPN got it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, there's still some storylines mm-hmm. there. There's still players to watch. So you got Ashley Barty, who has a U.S. Open, you know, title herself. So I think people just need to kind of like, there are storylines there. There is a set to watch. And then, look, I think this, this is going to be a good tournament, you know, regardless. Now, this, the rain might be an issue too in the next couple of days. So we got to keep an eye on that. But there's still some storylines there. I mean, it, it's still, look, the U.S. Open is the final open of the year. It's the only open, it's the only Grand Slam, Tennis Grand Slam here in the U.S. So. It's always big. The crowds, it's going to be 100% capacity. I'm sure I think it's going to be like a still proof of vaccination thing. So I don't know how they're going to, they're doing up there in, in New well, York. But, outside, so, yeah. Yeah, but maybe that like helps a little New bit. Yeah. You know, it's New York, but I'm sure they're still going to like, you know, have total distance and stuff like that. You're still going to wear, he said I wear a mask in the grounds and stuff like that. So there's, mm-hmm. there's still, there's still reasons to watch US Open. I know I, they all for, yes, the Williams sisters aren't there. Yes, Federer's not there in the doll. But again, Djokovic <laughs> is trying to get that, that grant, that career, uh, that, that, calendar slam i should say winning all four grand slams in one year you still got you know hopefully coco golf can break through and you know was sort of this sort of when she kind of you know became a, the, the darling if you will hopefully she can make a move there also now osaka with everything she's been through i mean she's back you know she were she won a really nice post over the weekend you know that she back she wants she's mentally you know you know she's mentally you know feel like she's ready to kind of get back into it you know the swing of it so you know, trying to defend her title, which it'll, it'll be her third U.S. Open. Should she win it? But look, the, the storylines are there, folks. You can watch it, watch it, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. We hit the bottom of the hour. We had to take this twenty-second timeout. Actually, a little bit longer. <laughs> Twenty seconds. We had, had to take this pause for the calls. When we we took some uh, some news from the media world and a couple of nuggets from the NBA, and one of them, one of those teams involves your Chicago Bulls. We'll get into that, and plus a whole lot more. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Listening to Sega City Sports here on Sports Zone Chicago. Automotive Map. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning fast updates so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? 
In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We are live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina and Sydney Browns. We wrap up today's show with this last segment. Lakina, let's talk some NBA hoops right now. First, let's start off with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they, uh, we talked about this in our last episode on Friday. Uh, they signed, had a signing trade with Lowry Marketing to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They got a conditional first round pay return as part of their three team trade between Cleveland and Portland. And the Bulls also had the second-round pick, but it looks like they may be to make a, another potential move. A 15-year veteran uh, forward and free agent Paul Millsap is on the market. A couple of the teams with, as in the Golden State Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets are taking a look at him as well. Lakina, uh, I know we talked about Millsap the last couple of years on the show as he was uh, the member of the playing with the Denver Nuggets. I don't think this would be a bad idea if, if he comes to Chicago to play for the Bulls, of course, you're not going to give him a boatload of money, but I think he could be a good veteran presence in that locker room, and he could give you some rebounding. I don't expect him to play like he did five, six years ago, but if you give him for a mid-level exception or perhaps a little bit less than that, I think he can help this Bulls team as this Bulls team is trying to get back to respectability and perhaps make the playoffs in 2022. Also, you got to add the Clippers to that list that, uh, you know, that just came out in the last hour or so. But yeah, I mean, he's, look, they need a power forward still. The Bulls do. And I kind of feel he definitely fits the bill again. You know, he's 30, he's like, what, 37, I think. So, you know, you're not going to get the same Paul Millsap we saw, you know, peak Paul Millsap. But he is sort of the guy that kind of, you know, he kind of, like you said, brings that veteran presence. And again, you know, they'll have to. You know, they're actually still under the cap, believe it or not. I know people are a little worried about with, you know, the, you know, the ball contracts and the DeRozan contracts, but that's actually not – they're actually still pretty below the cap. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, like I say, he's, you know, he's going to get interest from a lot of teams. You know, the Bulls, that's Warriors, and now the Clippers have shown interest too. So definitely a name to look out for, no doubt. And I'm sure there's going to be other names that we don't know about. So we know how, mm-hmm. you know, AK and everyone operates. So – they can kind of like sneak in there and, you know, see what else they can do. But yeah, so it should be yeah. very interesting. Though. We'll see who he picks, who he ends up picking. And also too, speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, it looks like they're going to cut ties with DeAndre Jordan. Of course, DeAndre Jordan was brought in along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving a couple of years ago. Of course, DeAndre Jordan was part of the, um, the whole Kevin Durant saga with the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know the story, Deion was traded to the Knicks a couple of years ago, and basically there were reports out there saying that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were both uh, agreed to go to the Knicks until DeAndre Jordan started complaining about not having enough playing time, and him and Durant are close, and and that went the the dream of having Durant and Kyrie both in the Knicks uniform. Of course, both those guys, along with DeAndre Jordan, chose the Brooklyn Nets. Like, you know, DeAndre Jordan didn't play much last year outside of the main guys getting hurt. I don't know if he's going to get picked up by anyone at this point in his career. And he's been at it a long time. This is the Brooklyn Nets saying, uh, thanks for bringing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to the Nets. Here's the rest of your payday. Let's go on that contract. Goodbye. Good riddance. Good luck to you. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he does, you know, get a, if he does get a look at, maybe the Bulls will look at him. I don't know, but he's definitely going to have to get the veterans minimum at best. So, you know, it's it's just unfortunate that, you know, injuries kind of, you know, derailed his career, <laughs> Jordan. So, again, but, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, someone will, someone will probably pick him up. Someone will pay him some money. And, you know, I think he, he might, again, he may do like John Rondo just did. And he's, you know, it's been announced <laughs> that he's going to sign tomorrow with the L.A. Lakers for about, about a, you know, a 10, you know, $2.6 million with a lot of incentives. <laughs> so, so it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, Rondo, that's going to be interesting, though, too, like the AARP team, um, you know, over there in the, the Lakers. LeBron's going to get mad at you. <laughs> and, and, I know. Sorry, LeBron, but it, it's just the truth, honey. I love you, but it's the truth. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, though, you know, with that, you know, are there going to be any, could be enough basketballs for them? That, that's, the, that's, like I said, that's the only thing I'm worried about with the Lakers for this season. Is there going to be enough basketballs for everybody? It's all about knowing your roles, of course, and, and, and with the players they have now. Carmelo Anthony is going to be so nice that where he gets the ball and takes over for a game or two. Anthony Davis, he's still the franchise, so he's going to be the number one option. Russell Westbrook, uh, as I said before in this show, and I'll say it again, he's he this going to benefit him for taking a step back because the last couple of stops in OKC in Houston and OKC when the rant left a few years ago, and with Washington last year, he had to basically carry the load and do everything. He should be reprieved that he doesn't have to do that for the Los Angeles Lakers, barring any major injuries. So it's going to, uh, the question is how long it's going to take for Russell Westbrook to adapt to his role. And Carmelo Anthony, I don't think it's going to take as long because he hasn't been the man on the last few stops that he's had throughout his career. And so the question is how well and how long will Russell Westbrook adjust to uh, have his new role on the Lakers? Well, and I'll see what, the, what his role is going to be with the Lakers. I think that's another thing that he has to he has to think about. So, could be very interesting. No, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, it's going to get a little get get a little tight over there in Lakerland. But again, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Now, some more NBA news. Like you know, again, I think the whole thing, like you said, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Though, I mean, I, I kind of feel like. I want to see how there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of attention on this Lakers team, so I'm looking forward to seeing what 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 does happen with you know that Lakers team because it's going to get it's going to be very going to get very interesting in Los Angeles, I think. <laughs> yeah, it will. Also, too, before we move on, uh, Rajon Rondo uh, he had the Lakers win the title a couple of years ago with with mm-hmm. his veteran presence. I know he struggled with the Clippers last year. I think the Lakers getting him back, holding it, get something out of him one more time. And I think he's going to help because we know we all know, especially watching him for that one year here in Chicago, he's a strong personality. He has a great IQ for the game of basketball. And we'll see how his personality meshes with Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony's. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the sort of the thing. I think how 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 all those guys going to mesh together, like you know LeBron and AD and Carmelo and Rondo, and not to mention all the other guys, Westbrook and all these other guys. I mean, <laughs> it's going to get like I said, I, uh, Frank Frank Vogel is a veteran coach, so I think he knows what he's doing. But I think it's going to get very interesting. I think I feel like yeah, you know what? Let's 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 see how it goes. I mean, if they don't have a good start, a quick start right away. It's gonna get out of control pretty quick down there over in in Los <laughs> Angeles. So we'll have to wait and see. Now, real quick though, before we go to your sports media news, Sid, um, did you watch? I know you. I know you didn't watch the BMW Championship um, in golf uh, yesterday, but uh, 
had a great playoff between Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Cantley. I mean, just a uh, you know, just amazing. You know, Cantley had to actually nail a eighteen, I think it was an eighteen foot putt at eighteen to sort of force a playoff with DeChambeau. DeChambeau had plenty of chances to win the uh, the tournament. He just missed a couple of key putts. You know, Cantley had a strike at you know at eighteen, you know, at seventeen, I should say. But then you know, DeChambeau came right back. At 18, at, you know, to, to tie it, you know, to force another playoff. And, you know, and Cantley was the more the aggressive one. And look, Cantley is a guy that's been, he's been around, he's 29. He's been, he's been in the top 10 a couple of, a uh, couple of major, I think they were the Masters too, a couple of times. So, and he's actually now in the driver's seat for the year in tour championship that's going to start this weekend, this Labor Day weekend to kind of finish up the season. So, you know, just an interesting, uh, a great golf field tournament. So, if you guys have not seen the highlights of it, make sure you guys check it out. And also, too, is make sure to check out the Tour Championship this weekend because it's definitely going to be between – it's going to be between them and also to Tony Finau, who won the, term, the tournament last week to get, to get him in the driver's seat. So, you know, it's going to be gonna be a fun uh, fun uh, last week of golf for, for, for the PGA Tour this year. You're on Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago along with Lakina McGee, I and Sydney Browns. We continue to close out the show with our last segment. Before we get to the sports media news, Lakina, let's go back to the – of uh, the world of the NBA. I read an uh, incredible article by Sham Sharan, who, who's the analyst for, for STEM, and he also is the NBA uh, insider for The Athletic. And he wrote a, a very interesting article talking about Ben Simmons, and he's been one of the story, big-time stories throughout this NBA offseason. And he was talking with a bunch of executives, and, and, and most of them told him, told Shams, that, that it's not meta – if it's a matter of when, W-H-E-N, when Ben Simmons gets traded. And there was a couple of packages out there that could have had Ben Simmons on the move earlier. One of those teams, I believe, was the Toronto Raptors, but the asking price high from Philadelphia. And one name that was brought, we brought his name up a couple months ago during the beginning of the offseason was Damian Lillard in the Portland mm-hmm. Trailblazers. I know as of right now he'll play under first-year head coach Chauncey Bell's former NBA champion, former point guard for the Jazz, along with other teams that he played for throughout his career. Lakina, I know that uh, Ben Simmons, if he, if he is if he's in Philadelphia 76ers uniform by open, I know both sides will do their best to, to try to confront. But I still don't think that it's a good idea for Ben Simmons to come back. Uh, uh, let's just say if they decide to trade for Daniel. Will you get the right value for him? And perhaps you may have to get a third team involved, which is almost difficult to do. Yeah, I, I, that, that's going to be sort of the thing that can they get it? If you're Dave, if you're Dave, do you want to go to Philadelphia? I mean, are is Philadelphia one player mm-hmm. away? You're 31 now. You're going to want to go to a team that's sort of like, kind of like right there, sort of like set to make mm-hmm. a playoff uh, run. So. Is he and also too if you're Portland, do you want if you're Charles e. Bills, do you think you can you know fix Ben Simmons? That's another thing. Mm-hmm. And I think also too, you're actually, you probably aren't gonna have to get a third team involved, but who's gonna be the third team? Do you, you're gonna have to get picks, you're gonna have to get maybe one of the uh, the rookies. I don't know. So it, it's gonna get it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's been tough so far, and we've been hearing this for like the last month about Ben Simmons, you know, getting traded. But it seems like nobody wants them or Philly's price is too high. Yeah, if I had to guess right now what happens to Mr. Simmons between now and opening night, I think as Mr. Simmons will be in the Philadelphia 76ers uniform opening night when we reach it in October. 
I think so too. I just think that the, the asking price is too high, and I just don't think a lot of teams are going to want to get shot at at Simmons. I just don't think that's happening. Uh, speaking of the NBA, as we go into our sports media nuggets segment, uh, Mr. Chris Boussard from Fox Sports Radio and FS1, uh, he's been the substitute co-host for their morning show, uh, First Things First, with Jenna Wolf and Jason Wildes and Nick Wright. Of course, Brandon Marshall, the former NFL wide receiver, one-time Chicago Bear, was the uh, one of the hosts of the show. Now he's an ex as his contract expired last week, and Chris Bussard steps up to uh, take place of Brandon Marshall. Of course, Brandon Marshall will still have his uh, analyst gig over at Showtime for Inside the NFL, and mm-hmm. he'll be joined uh, by Julian Edelman, former uh, NFL uh, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Of course, Inside the NFL this year will be exclusively aired on the Paramount app, and so ch- check that out. And the Chris yeah. Bussard is the new, uh, it was the new co-host for Fox Sports One's new morning TV show, uh, First Things First. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, too. We'll, we'll see what happens, I think. Look, there's going to be, like, a whole lot of maneuvering with the sports media, you know, brand. So, I it, it's it's okay. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like, you know, look, I, I like Chris Broussard. I mean, I know he said some things that, you know, makes you want to, you know, you know, Ugh, just want to <laughs> make you upset. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. I think, look, that's a... You know, it's going to be on the app, so it's going to be fine. And, and look, I think it's going to be it, – it'll be okay. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, I just think that this – like I said, Broussard is, is, is pretty solid at what he does, so he's a great NBA insider. So I, I think the having a show there, especially, too, with now everything kind of getting back to normal again. Again, I'm using the air quotes mm-hmm. here for normal. But, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting, though, that show. And it, should be, it should be a fun show to listen to. And if you got the Peacock app um, – it's Actually, free. that's on Fox Sports One, so that airs Monday through Friday uh, on FS One from uh, the seven thirty a.m. East six thirty a.m. our time. I check times. It's okay. I know this is try is try to uh, emulate the morning Joe show over at MSNBC for you political fans out there. So it's okay. You know, it actually has done well right before the pandemic for FS One. That show uh, is followed by Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. I know that show's been doing very well over the last few months. So, Galactic Christmas, like you say, he does great work, and he's going to help this show a, a little bit more. And he still does his nighttime radio show, The Eye Cover, with Bob Parker on Fox Sports Radio. So, uh, good luck to him. That show will benefit. Uh, that show, First Things First, will uh, benefit from his services. All right, you got some other sports media nuggets, Sid? Yes, uh, I believe we uh, spoke on this story a few weeks ago, just in case you guys missed it. Nate Burleson, former NFL player, and now former host of the NFL Network's uh, Good Morning Football. He'll officially begin his work on CBS This Morning next week uh, with uh, co-host Gail King, and he'll still continue his work on as an NFL analyst for CBS's NFL Today pregame show. D'Angelo Hall has been doing work with uh, NBC Sports Washington and our good friend, uh, president of media content over there on the Washington football team, Miss Julie Donaldson, for the last uh, couple of years. He'll take, he'll take Nate Burles' place on Good Morning Football. That's co-hosted with Kate Adams, Chicago's very own, uh, Kyle Brandt, Chicago's very own, and Peter Schrager. That's actually a good show, uh, a football show for NFL Network. I actually enjoy that show. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that they kind of broke up with that because they all four of them had like that great sort of, you know, natural yeah. chemistry. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I but you know what though? I, I think he's a great addition to that. I, I, 
you know, it's it's going to be very interesting though to see how. You know, but then again, you know, Robinson, you know, Michael Robinson's been doing this for a while, so it's you know he's going to be you know he's going to be a good a replacement for for Nate Burleson. Now, as for him, you know, as for Burleson going over to CS this morning, I guess they're trying to do what Michael Strahan is doing over at GMA. Mm-hmm. That's worked for that's worked for them and it's worked for him. And Nate Burleson showed that he could actually do more than just sports. So I'm not surprised by this. That, but again. CBS has more than has had so many changes over the years. And I just, you know, it, to get to a point where you're just like, you know what, they just got to, eh, you know, you just got to just finish things off. So uh, well, we'll, I'm, I'm sure it'll be just fine. He's still going to do, he's still going to do the NFL today. So nobody has to worry. Don't worry, guys. Rio, he's still going to do that. But, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm just a little surprised that they, that, you know, CBS is warning went this route. But again, you never know what the execs were thinking. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You listen to Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago City. The Lakina with you as we're with you for the last couple of moments for the edition of the show. Lakina, anything else that's on your mind before we close out? Yeah, I mean, I think D'Angelo Hall is gonna do just fine. And we know look, we know we can talk. <laughs> so yeah. you know, so he's gonna he's gonna be just just fine. And you know, they've got some, you know, they got some, they got a good they got some good talent there, like you said, Sid. I mean, with you know, with Kay and Kyle and Peter, so you know, there. That's a. I'm sure. Look, we don't know D'Angelo likes to talk. We know he's. You know, we be. He's gonna be perfect for that. You know, the TV. You know, the TV aspect of it. So I know he's gonna finally get a good opportunity to be to kind of you know show that that side of it. We already know he's got the great personality anyway. Um, <laughs> the uh, geez, what I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, just to see. Um, you know, of course, you know the baseball like we, we talked about earlier. Those some of those big series we talked about coming up this week again. There's actually even some bigger series coming up you know, later this weekend. So that's going to be, you know, that, that we'll get to that, you know, on Friday, but, uh, you know, again, you know, the whole Javi saga, I mean, that's, that's also an interesting, um, they got to come out tomorrow against the Marlins. So we'll see yeah. what the fans reactions are. Yeah. You know, Mets fans. You don't want to, you don't want to take those, take uh, those fans <laughs> off. <laughs> also the U S open, like I said before, watch it guys, you know, there's going to be some good storylines outside of that. Now, as for now, as far as you know, some of the other stuff, you know, we'll see what the Bears decide to do if they do anything with the, you know, Justin if they make Justin Fields the starter, which I don't think they will. I know some, I know people have already been asking for it, but that's not <laughs> happening. Doesn't at this point. But uh, yeah, and also too, how Hurricane Ida affects the sporting schedules. We know that Tulane was supposed to be playing in Oklahoma, but now they've got to go to Norman to play them. So you know, whatever you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I know they were hoping to have the home field advantage there, but that's not going to happen. LSU, we'll see where their mindset is. They got to go at UCLA. They've been practicing in Houston the last few days because of Ida. So, you know, that's going to be another thing we got to watch out for as well. And um, that's about it. I mean, just, just scared up for, you know, we got to get for our preview set because, you know, we want to, we got to see yeah. if our, our buddies, you know, Sean, Maya, and Ivan, if they're going to be willing to do that with us. So they should. They should. <laughs> yeah, we should. got to get a take it. What are you looking forward to this week, Sid? Uh, locally in baseball, of course, the Cubs are taking on the Twins, boo. But <laughs> for the White Sox, they have a quick two-game. Uh, they're off today. They started a quick two-game series at home against the Pirates tomorrow and Wednesday at, down there on the south side. I'm not saying the corporate name, but um, Giolito will go tomorrow, and Carlos will pitch on Wednesday. I want to see how both those guys uh, pitch, even though it's against a lowly team. Let's see if the offense for the White Sox continue their hot search. We saw it over the weekend in that cross-town series win against the Cubs. Let's see if they continue it against a bad Pittsburgh team before they head on the road for a Labor Day weekend with three big games against the Kansas City Royals. As the White Sox trying to um, chip down the, that magic number 
which I believe you said it stands at 27 to clinch the uh, AL Central title. A combination of, of wins and losses with them and right now Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I know Cleveland's still yeah. Cleveland's still right there, you know, for the wild card spot too. So. And also, too, uh, college football uh, this weekend as it gets started, as we uh, reminded you earlier, uh, this Friday and every Friday, Lakina will give you her breakdown of the big college football games you should look forward to both locally and nationally. We'll get into the matchups on Friday, but I'm looking forward to checking out a little college football, Lakina, before the big boys start next week. So uh, usually the first couple of weeks you mentioned, you get a couple of softies in your schedule. But it depends on a couple of the teams. Uh, for your big time teams, I know, uh, Alabama and Miami are supposed to play uh, this coming weekend. We'll get more into that Friday, and so you uh, you get those big time matchups for folks like yours, surely who are NFL guys. Uh, uh, get your get your feet wet for football. It's a uh, flawless approach shortly. Football season is just is here for college football, anyways. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the potential big matchups for college football for week zero. Yeah, that's just a, that should be a fun one. We all, like I said, we will go through the week zero matchups as we start, you know, on Friday. But yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. be. It was a good weekend, and I know you get a chance to uh, to listen to RG three. He did the Miak Swack Challenge between Alcorn State and North Carolina Central. He did really. I think it's gonna be very Tony Romo esque. He's gonna be the voice of the family. Also, gonna okay. do some nuggets as well. Nuggets as well. I wonder if that's the chance to go because I know there's a couple of other. Old old time broadcasters that said that they don't like that broadcasting style of predicting what plays are going to happen before it happens. Like you said, Tony Roman is great at what he does for CBS. And as you mentioned, RG Theory is taking on that same realm as well. Do you think that'll be the new trend for new analysts, especially football analysts coming up, uh, game analysts coming up? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I we're going to see a little bit of educate the yeah. more. Yeah, and also too, I'm hoping that they do. ESPN does do a like a a QB kind of like you know podcast, if you will, with RG three and uh, you know Alex Smith, and also um and also Dan Orlovsky. I think I hope they do that at some point this year because I think they could definitely benefit mm-hmm. from that. But again, you know, like I said, I think I know like RG three is going to do just fine, and you know Alex was going to do do fine in his role in the store. He's going to be doing more studio stuff, but you know, I think they'll, I think both of them will do just fine in their new roles. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the ESPN college uh, football coverage as we as uh, week zero is upon us here, or will be upon us here this coming week as, as we close out the show. We remind you that you can listen to Second City Sports every Monday and every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, noon to two p.m. every Monday, every Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago, uh, along with. Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Don't forget to download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You can listen to our show to our shows live, along with past shows that you've missed. You can also watch us live uh, if you download the app as well. So make sure you uh, go to uh, when you, wherever you get your apps. Make sure you download Sports Zone Chicago. Don't miss anything. Yeah, absolutely, and also too, it's also right there if you listen to miss any any shows or any of our shows. You know, Sean and I in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Holotech Hall, also to uh, Pressure Luck, and also All Day Football Podcast, and also some of the other shows that are on Sports Zone mm-hmm. Chicago. Make sure you go through the the Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube pages. Mm-hmm. They're all right there. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people have watched that uh, Eric Kramer interview that Sean and Maya did on Wednesday. 
So if you have not, if you have not watched it yet, you know, well, hopefully we can, we can try to get him on our, our show at some point. It's all mm -hmm. right there. Go to the the August 25th episode of Sean and Mine in the Morning. It's right there. They, like I said, they went a good, like, almost like an hour and a half with him. He covered a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. So nothing was off limits with him. So make sure you guys check out. And also to all the other episodes, previous episodes of all the shows. Yes. On that note, you can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. And you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan me on the IG. As I mentioned before, make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Download your apps. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. Get on Sports Zone Chicago. You can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Make sure you search for Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Say that five times fast. <laughs> you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, with Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the iHeartRadio ad, make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms at W-A-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, 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 and tell your friends. We have very definite opinions. <laughs> for for Lakina, I'm Sid. You listen. You have been listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We will see you on Friday. Don't forget, Lakina's first football Friday for college football as we get you set for the week ahead in the college skin work. All right, Sid. So, yo, stay safe, everybody. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask, wash your hands, and be good to each other, and stay cool out there. And also, too, thoughts and prayers go out to the people who are being affected by mm -hmm. Hurricane Ida. So, you know, you guys stay safe out there. You you know, for Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is the Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till then, holla! <laughs>